Hello, 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 everybody. It is, if you're joining us live, Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. I know I don't do the time zones. I figure we can do time zone math in our own heads, hopefully. Not all of us. I know. So one central. Okay. All right. Adriana, where are you in the world? I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so it is still morning for me. <laughs> wow. I'm like wrapping up my day here. The future <laughs> it looks bright. Kim, let Adriana know what the future's like. How's it going over there in the future? Well, it's cloudy and cold in Montreal, so don't we don't want this to be your future. This is really usually my future. I live in the Pacific Northwest, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, we are here to have another kick-ass career conversation. We are so excited that Adriana is here to share her wisdom with us today. We're going to introduce you formally to the world in a little bit, but we want to start off today like we start every uh, episode. Friends, what are we celebrating today? Ooh, tingles. Um, outside of the sunny, sunny weather and spring-like conditions here in Winnipeg, um, with the trees actually budding um, here in the beginning of February. I, it's fun. It, it's fun to have a little reprieve every once in a while to be in this space of like, oh, mm -hmm. the cold is gone, the snow is melting, right? That whole rejuvenation. And that's what my week has been like. I feel with February and the flipping of the calendar this month anyways, that there is this revitalization, I guess. And that is what I'm celebrating this week is getting more clarity around my business, helping my clients get more clarity around what their next steps are. And it's been a lot of fun this week and a lot of the same threads that come into conversations. I always find it so interesting, but that's been the, the real juicy bits of my week is all around this, like the, the, the clouds have parted and the sun is shining. And so I'm stepping into that and celebrating that. How about you, Adriana? What are you celebrating? You know, I was laughing last week listening to your episode because I had been saying for a week, I just want everybody to slow down, slow down, just calm down. And I realized about midweek that I have decided that January is not the first month of the new year. It's actually the last month of the last year. Yeah. You know, because I was doing my PL and I was scrubbing all <laughs> of my things and looking back. And then finally, yesterday, it became February 1st. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I had this kind of a new program shift that happened and all this new energy. So I'm I'm with you, Louise. I'm feeling that that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting because um, actually astrologically and in the human design world, um, the end of January is the new year. So we don't actually get into the new year on January 1st when we turn the Gregorian calendar. Um, you know, that we're not going to get into all the systemic issues that go around uh, following huh? that calendar. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it is interesting because, um, if you were listening last week, it was, it was my, my celebration was a place of challenge, um, that I was stepping into. And this week it is, it's a totally different energy. Um, definitely feeling a lightness as we step into February could be that a 
month from now, four weeks from now, I will be in Mexico um, and not in Montreal. <laughs> that, that can definitely add to it as well. Um, so yeah, I'm, I am celebrating the lightness. I am definitely celebrating and we'll probably celebrate each week until I'm there. Um, at which point it will be a recording because I'm not recording. From there. <laughs> uh, that I will be in Mexico soon. So that, that I'm looking forward to. Um, Adriana, should we let the world know a little bit more about you officially? Sure. Let's okay. do it. Cool. So from the beautiful lilting of her voice, you could probably guess that Adriana is a public speaking coach for leaders and rising leaders. Her mission is to help clients claim their stage, radiate confidence and charisma, propel their career, and increase their impact. With over 20 years as a professional theater director and arts leader, Adriana brings a unique perspective and practical and actionable set of tools to her coaching. In addition to her private coaching practice, she has worked and lectured at dozens of regional theaters, colleges, and universities nationwide. She holds a Bachelor in Arts from Sarah Lawrence College. I love Sarah Lawrence, people. And a Master of Fine Arts in Directing from Columbia. Congratulations. And she is, because I know that's a hard, that is a hard, I got to just speak. So I'm my undergrad in theater. So oh, that amazing. is a hard program to get into. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. You're welcome. Um, she is host of the podcast, The Speaking Academy, and offers online courses and coaching through Claim Center Stage. We are so glad that you're here. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> um, I love that Claim Center Stage. Mm -hmm. Like cut, paste, copy in your <laughs> life, in your career. Yeah. All of the above, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not just for speaking in front of large groups of people, right? It's also what we need to do inside of ourselves and in our day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. yeah. We learn so much from ourselves when we put ourselves out there uh, mm -hmm. as well. And uh, a real growth opportunity for sure for mm -hmm. all of us. But did you, so your background is <laughs> not in public speaking. Um, sounds like it's, well, maybe it is. There are threads. I was going to say, you sure. didn't go to theater school. For sure. <laughs> did you, like, do you find that where you are now and doing what you're doing now, like a big pivot from what you thought you might be doing when you were back in the school days? You know, it's interesting. I feel like the more I do public speaking coaching, the closer it feels to where I come from. Um, because as I have grown as a coach, what I'm finding is that I lean on and pull from all of my experience as a theater director and really have um, observed, you know, tried and tested and then observed that those things really work. <laughs> And so I I don't feel now very far from that. And I do still direct plays on occasion. So I, you know, theater's had a rough time of it across the world um, for the last, you know, four years. And so it's, I have directed since the pandemic started, but it's, I used to direct five shows a year and now it's one, maybe to, you know, so it's a, it's a different, um, it's a different rhythm, certainly. But one of the things I love about what I get to do is that the, the, the core of my work as a theater director has always been 
one the core of my relationship with the actors on stage. I'm a really like I'm an actor's director in the same way that I'm a you know a speaker's coach. Um, I really do that kind of one-on-one in-depth work um, that I know both of you do in your work. You know, it's very very similar, I think, in that mindset coaching and all of that. So it's fun. I get to pull on all the different pieces. <laughs> it's so funny because when I think of when I was in theater school, it was, I had a voice coach. Mm-hmm. My daughter now has a, a voice, she goes to voice lessons. It's her voice coach mm-hmm. for singing. Um, mm-hmm. Mine was for dialect and and for, for other things that I was learning. And when people come to me and they say, well, what does a coach do? Like, what do, what do you do as a coach? It, it is, we, we work on pulling the voice. We work on pulling the, the threads and the essence of who the person is underneath forward. Mm-hmm. So I could assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that as a public speaking coach, you're not turning somebody into somebody they're not. Mm-hmm. You're bringing forward who's already in there. Oh, yeah. 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 Completely. That's... My first coaching business uh, that I started after grad school, I called it Central Coaching, and our tagline was start from where you are. And the idea was that, and the idea still is, um, that central thread, right? And and the word center is in my business because of that as well, Um, that the idea is like, it's really who are we and how do we show ourselves in the best way for us, right? I am not interested in helping speakers become, you know, Tony Robbins mimics or something, you know, something other than who they are. That's, it it actually doesn't work. Mm -hmm. So you can pretend to be somebody else all day long, Mm -hmm. but it, it will not land. And the audience may not know exactly why they're not connecting with you, but they won't be connecting with you. So yeah, you've got to come from from that internal work. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you start working with somebody new, um, I, what came to mind is that, that not timid, but more of an introverted, uh, individual of which I am. Um, (laughs) and, and thinking about helping them find their voice. Mm Mm-hmm. In what ways, ooh, I just have a fuzzy in front of me. Um, in what ways do you, sorry, um, what ways do you help them find that voice that m- may be hard? Yeah. Um, I love coaching introverts, actually. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the things is I feel like their bullshit meter is really good. Like, a lot of times introverts are actually better at being like, nope, that's not, that doesn't read, you know, or no, I don't believe you. Um, and they tend to have my observation and I happen to be married to an introvert and be the parent of an introvert. So I noticed this in observation. Um, but they tend to be a little bit more self-aware, I think, or, or because there's a lot of internal ref, uh, reflection that happens. Mm-hmm. And so they tend to know kind of a little bit more about what's going on for them than you would expect, right? And so what we do is we spend actually a lot of time, and I'm happy to kind of walk through this with you if you're if you're interested, but 
figuring out what is the core thread that is causing that nervousness when speaking, right? Mm -hmm. Because just because you're an introvert, my husband's an introvert, you're not the same introvert, right? So we've got to figure out what it is. And this is going to be true no matter who I'm coaching, but we've got to spend some time, probably more time than you think we would, figuring out what it is that's really the the block or the series of blocks that are that are causing the issue. And 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 then once we really actually figure that out, then we know what tools we need to work on, right? Um and so there's there's some time and there's some breath and there's some thoughtfulness that goes into, okay, so so let me ask you, Kim, what what have what is it for you when you say I'm introverted? Does that do you find yourself nervous when public speaking? What comes up for you? So I'm actually not, I'm not that nervous public speaking. And I, and it could be just my background also in the theater. Mm -hmm. Um, but I find when, when I need to think about giving a talk, Mm -hmm. it's the not thinking what I have to say. So it's less about my presentation I'm less concerned about that. And it's more about what I'm bringing to the table that I'm feeling unsure of. Um, So I don't like, do you, do you help people with that as well? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay, great. This is, this is helpful. Louise, do you also identify as an introvert? She's more introverted than I am. So what comes up for you? As you've noticed in this conversation, who does all (laughs) the talking? (laughs) Well, okay. So let me ask you, let me put you on the spot. What comes up for you when you think about this? So I'm hearing from Kim that presentation feels okay. Content is a sticky point. What about for you? Ask me the question again, please. What comes up for you when you envision yourself or you start thinking about giving a talk or doing a public presentation? Um, where do you find yourself getting a little blocked or getting nervous? The hesitation comes up for me around, am I going to be able to communicate what I have inside in a way that it, that lands, that is understood? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have both identified two of the three kind of core buckets that I notice, have noticed, tend to come up with any public speaker. The first is the self. So it's me, my body. So I think of it as kind of concentric circles out from myself. So the first is the closest to me, my voice, my breath, my body in space. Then the second is my content. It's what I am saying, the literal words or my message or my script, when we can come back to script, I don't like them. Um, Mm -hmm. And then the third is the audience, right? So some people say to me, and neither of you did, but some people will say to me, I'm worried about what they think of me, or I'm worried about what my audience is getting from from what I'm saying, which is a little bit similar to what you just said, Louise. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) what we wanna do is we wanna kind of look at each of those things, separately and then put them all back together. And generally speaking, and Kim, you identified this, 
generally speaking, we're, we're better at one of those things and the other two need a little bit of help. Mm -hmm. Right. But there's one area where people generally feel stronger. Right. Mm -hmm. So then we've got to dig in and say like, okay, so if it's the, if it's the me part, then we're going to do, we're going to do a lot of mindset work, but we're also going to get you some tools. Like how do you warm up your breath, warm up your body, warm up your mouth before you go on a podcast, for example, or, you know, how do I stand in space? How do I hold this microphone? A lot of the external technical things that once you know that you know how to do them, then you then then you start to feel just slightly more confident in the actual how of it all, mm -hmm. right? The external tools, this will surprise you 0%, the external tools are actually the fastest thing to learn, right? Mm -hmm. That's the quickest. Like, I want to show you, and I'm not in my regular studio right now, but I want to show you like where to stand in a space so that the light hits you correctly, you know, mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing, a lot of external stuff. But, but then the internal work is like, what's causing that fear? What's blocking you? And, and we, you know, we won't get into that at all today, but I think what I heard you say that I think is really interesting, Lise, is like, I have this idea and I'm worried it's not going to come out right. Or my word, is that a right interpretation of that. Yeah. So then we also talk, then the next step, right? Next concentric circle, we talk about your content, right? And one of the amazing things about being a theater director who comes from a text-based world, I have, I studied dramatic literature and theater. And then I worked as a script development person and as a dramaturg. So my background is in both sides of the puzzle, right? It's in the actual, what are we saying and how to, and I understand um, some pretty solid and important stuff about structure. And so what we'll often do is we'll really get into the structure of what you want to say, but here's the mistake that I think so many people make. <laughs> And, and I'm curious if, if you feel that you need to do this, is, is the script thing. Do you both feel like if you're going to give a talk, you've got to have a script? I don't want a script anywhere near me. I am <laughs> you don't want a script all the Louise, time. Louise, do you feel like you need a script or want a script? No, this is a script. Drives mm -hmm. me nuts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is so interesting. I love this. Digging into the two of you. So Louise, <laughs> tell me why. Tell me. I want to hear from Louise why, why yes on script. And then this Kim, why no on script? <laughs> I, I use the script more for practice, for planning, for flow, to make sure that my ideas are out there. They kind of seem to make sense. Yeah. When I'm delivering a talk or Kim and I are doing something, well, she goes off script, so I have to go off script. But that's okay because I, I've practiced. I have a, have a general understanding of what it is that I want to say and that I'm going to hit the highlights. Yeah. But I need that script. I need that practice so yes. that I'm feeling a lot more confident that I'm going to say what I need to say or say what I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. And what happens? So I hear you when you're working with Louise, but what about when you're on your own? If you go, if you accidentally go off script and you're on your own, how do you feel? How does that manifest? How do you feel about that? Oh, it used to be a lot of sweaty palms. Mm -hmm. It used to be a lot of like, um, how do I get back to what I, to the script? And I may have already said that if I go off script, but I was always trying to come back and trying to like, mm -hmm. yep. you know, get back onto that flow. 
And right. most of the time that's not important anymore. I said what I needed mm-hmm. to say and I can move on, but yep. the script was pulling me backwards almost when I was yep. delivering that content or that, that talk. Yeah. Okay. And what about you, Kim? Why, why do you reject the script? <laughs> Cause I'm a rebel. <laughs> so honestly, I reject the script. Yeah. Well, I exactly. So I reject the script because when I script, I'm boring as hell. Okay. Um, I am not engaged. Like I'm so worried about the script. I'm not engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to engage, even if I'm just recording something yeah. and there's not another person for me to actually engage with, I'm engaging with my imaginary friends. Yeah. And that, audience. And that yeah. is, that's where my best stuff comes from. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. I will very often know where I want to end, right? Yeah. I know where I want to end up. I have no idea how I'm going to get you there. Right. Right. Okay. And and so, so yeah. And so I have a lot of fun. And but then people are like, "Ooh, could you say that again?" I'm like, "No, I actually can't." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I love this because you are both. You're like there's a there's a simple solution for you guys to meet in the middle, um, both individually and also as a partnership. So, um, and I can and the way that I talk about this is my favorite structure within structure, there is freedom. Mm -hmm. That's if I had a tagline now, that would be my tagline. So within structure, there is freedom. So what I recommend that people do is create a, an outline with, let's say if you're giving, you know, an hour long presentation, five key points that you are going to make. Now we'll come back to how to rehearse those things in a second, but the five key points, you can imagine like a map. And this is an example I use a lot. So let's say, let's say you're giving a 20 minute presentation or a 30 minute, right? And you've got, you know, three or four key points. You can imagine it like, for example, let's say I was going to drive from Portland, Oregon to visit you in Montreal, Kim. Mm -hmm. And So I'm going to go north first. I'm going to go to Vancouver. And then I'm going to go over to Winnipeg, hang out with Louise for a while. Then I'm going to go to Montreal, right? Perfect. Great. So I know where I'm headed. I know where my my landing points are. I'm going to go Portland, Vancouver, Winnipeg, Montreal. How I drive there almost doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I could like head over to Idaho and then cut back up. I could spend a couple of extra days like visiting the moose. I could, you know, I could (laughs) stop at a museum for a while and then, right. But I know that, that like, I'm going to get to here, to here, to here, and to here. Mm -hmm. Once you have those key points, it sounds so simple, but it actually is. (laughs) Yay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Once you have those points, then that's where the personality comes in. That's where the fun comes in. Right. And you know that like, for your sake, Louise, for people who, whose brains work that way, I say, great, script the damn thing, read it a bunch of times, get those, get it in your body and then put it away. And you're going to walk away from it. Maybe a couple days before your presentation, 
maybe the day before, whatever it is, you're just going to say, okay, I have this. The most important th thing are these four or five key points. I have an idea of how I'm getting there. And then for you, Kim, you're almost doing the opposite. You're actually putting more structure in, right? And so you're saying like, okay, I know where I'm starting and where I'm ending. Okay, what are the three things that need to go in the middle? And then what this allows you to do is, let's say you're alive and you're giving a talk and like catering in the back of the corner drops a tray of coffee cups and you lose your train of thought, mm -hmm. right? Instead of like you used to do, Louise, you would be like, oh my God, where am I? Now I've got to go back. Do I, did I remember to say that thing? There's nobody. Instead you're like, okay, was I on point one or point two? Great. I know one point two. Now I'm moving to point three. And you can have, be a person and be like, whoa, everybody okay back there with the coffee, you know, and then move on because we're all here. We're all like live human beings in a space. Right. So I think that idea of what is my content and what are my key points? That's crucial work, right? So that's that second layer of, am I, mm -hmm. am I saying the thing? And sometimes you really need feedback, right? So th that's when you, okay, I think I'm being clear here, but like, let me roll this through with somebody, you guys, you know, together or, or with other people who can kind of mirror back to you and that script development or key point development, especially if you have visuals or slides, like a lot of people do, you know, making sure that those things are, are logically linked for the audience. Right. And then the other question, and I love that you do this, Kim, this is, this is how I know you have a theater background. So the, the idea, the question of who is your audience, that's the number one question that I will ask somebody who's about to give a talk. Number one, first thing, I don't ask you who you are, what you are, what you're talking about. I say, who are you talking to? Because if we don't know that, we can't really do anything. Yeah. And sometimes we have people who are like we are right now. We're speaking to the ether of the internet, right? <laughs> But right before we started, I asked you guys a really quick question about who your audience was, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so important that even if we don't literally know who we're talking to, like we don't know who's hearing it or we're giving a talk for an audience and we don't know the pe the actual people there, we're still deciding kind of who our core target audience member is. Mm -hmm. And what we want them to do, or alternatively, what we want to do to them. And what I mean by that is like, a, do we want to inspire them, right. educate them, motivate them, galvanize them, right? I use a lot of verbs because this is where the theater stuff comes in. When you're a character and you're playing a scene with someone else, you need to get them to do something. That's what creates interesting stuff on stage. So a lot of times we do this like me, I'm nervous about me and speaking. I'm also not sure about my content. And then we stop like the edge of the stage or the edge of the screen is the end of the experience. But it's really not because you might be like, I'm going to talk about digital marketing. Okay. Digital marketing. And your audience is a bunch of 60 year old cis white dude board members. Mm -hmm. Or is your audience, you know, 20 something social media influencers. You could give the exact same content, but you have to think about your audience because that's going to completely change the method, the language, the energy. 
And also say you want somebody to, you want to educate somebody. That's a very different energy than inspire them to buy something from your business or hire you or vote for you if you're running for public office, right? That kind of thing. So, um, so that really focusing on that audience is also super helpful. Also, then it means you're focusing on someone else instead of yourself, which helps. <laughs> it's a huge help. Absolutely. I love that idea of the concentric circles because it, it is it is what we're taught absolutely in theater school, right? Is mm -hmm. is we are acting something, we are interacting, and then we are also interacting. So there, mm -hmm. there's those three levels. Mm -hmm. um, Louise and I love road trips. Like we talk about road trips a lot in what we do. And what's so funny is I remember one of the first times we were talking about, well, like what do you, what do, you do to plan for a road trip? And we do plan very differently. <laughs> this surprises me not at all. <laughs> no, right? Um, and yet the similarities I think is where, where it has been helpful for the two of us when we do mm. – Outside of the podcast, when we do have um, other workshops and think other places that we are speaking together, it allows us to play in a way that feels good for us mm -hmm. um, and honors the other person. I love that. So, right, like Louis, when we do our um, mini classes, like Louise wants to know what are we talking about. I'm like, I don't know. We'll get there. I'm like, well, you need the stuff. And so can we put it in the plan? Like there's, so now yeah. there's a template, then we fill it out. And then if we go off script, it's okay. But we get it, right there. We do. It yeah. gives yeah. us that opportunity to have those bullet points. Like you were talking about those, those road, um, the stops that we're going to make on the road trip. And for me, it also allows me to go, you know what? I'm excited. I don't actually want to stop there anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to Vancouver. I'm <laughs> going to go to Kamloops instead. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, mm. And then Louise can decide if she wants to pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Let me, something else comes up often. Um, I find more for introverts than ambiverts. I guess that's what I'm called now. Mm -hmm. That's there's like a new one for those of us who need both um, mm -hmm. and um, or extroverts. And that is the energetic piece, um, which is how do you physically, mentally, emotionally feel before, during, and after an event. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I know, you know, I can't say across the board hundred percent, but often what I notice is that introverts tend to feel very depleted um, immediately following or close after an event is completed. We both take Do a nap after this podcast. Every oh, week. yeah. 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 I'm done after every Friday afternoon. I'm done. Yeah. It takes a lot. It does. Yeah. And I think it takes a lot to do this this way. And then it takes a different kind of a lot to be in front of people physically in, in a space, right? So the, um, and so some of the things I think are really important and often get missed in the, in public speaking, coaching and training is energy management. So mm. what I will 
work with people on is creating a container that is, that works for you and creating some awareness around your particular system, your nervous system, your energetic body. So are you the kind of person who, like you both said, you really are depleted and crash? It sounds like you've been doing this long enough. You have such awareness. You know what you need. What you need immediately following this is to be done. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So many people don't know that, right? And so what they'll do is they'll they'll get done with their performance and or their presentation, they'll crash, and then they'll be like, oh no, I still have to go talk to people. Or I, I, I planned a dinner for tonight because I'm at a conference and I'm supposed to network or whatever that is. So firstly, we create, um, we, we figure out what kind of body we have. And we we pay a lot of attention to that. And then secondly, we can create some energetic barriers for ourselves, which is a lot of kind of mindset work, which is, you know, visualization of other people's energy, not being able to come close to your body, right? Mm -hmm. Setting people away from you or creating a, a pre um, presentation and a post presentation ritual to kind of begin and end that experience. And I think that's even more crucial the more we do stuff online, because we tend to just be like, email, email, click, I'm here. And we mm -hmm. don't take that ritual time to be like, oh, I'm about to do so. I'm about to put myself out there. I'm about to show up, right? If you In olden times, by which I mean five years ago, you would have had to be like backstage somewhere in the dark or like there'd be an awareness of the process of transitioning to the the beginning, middle, and end of that experience. Yeah. You know? Well, even in the office, when we used to be in the office doing meetings or presentations, you walk down a hallway, right? That's right. part of your ritual. You yep. you have this space to be able to say, okay, that's what I was doing. This is what I'm going to be yes. doing. And you get to breathe. You, you really have that transition. And yeah. I find I 100% agree this, this online uh, go, go work, work. We are literally, we're, we don't give our time our, ourselves the time or yep. the space mm -hmm. to be able to transition into whatever's next. And when you're doing something and you're putting yourself out there in a way that can feel a little crunchy or itchy, it takes actually even more energy and more attention to be able yeah. to say, well, I'm not going to pay attention to this really itchy sweater right now. I'm actually going to be present mm -hmm. in this moment but that, that is all taking energy and yeah, we don't pay enough attention to that in all kinds of spaces these days. I agree. Yeah. And I think too, that, so for me, what, what's, what I know for myself is that immediately following, I'm actually quite amped up. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this can be almost any kind of social engagement, um, networking situation, anywhere where I'm just a little bit on, right? So not hanging out with my friends, but like at an event or something, even if I'm not being the one speaking. So I'll have a lot of energy immediately following and I'll need to kind of burn that energy off, right? Mm -hmm. Like when I'm at home and it's a regular day, I'm like in bed in my jammies at 9 p.m., right? I... But if I'm if I am at an event or I do a thing, I'll need a couple hours when I get home to to kind of process and come down from that experience. So what I know for me is that the best thing that I can do is if I have a big event like that is to plan a dinner with a friend. Mm -hmm. 
for immediately following to kind of debrief or process. And then the next day I'm real tired. Yeah. So my crash actually happens later, although it's really different for me, um, screen versus in person, because I receive energy from being around other people. When I'm mm -hmm. on screen, I'm actually more like you guys, I get more depleted more easily. Um, and then there's some people who like, they don't experience this at all. They just like, they have the, they have the experience and then they're good to go. And it's like, great. Awesome. You know that, but I think there's this belief that that somehow means that they're better at it than we are. They're actually not better at the, the thing itself. They just may not need as much kind of caretaking before and after. Um, and that can make people feel like, I really hate public speaking, but really what they hate is the feeling right before they speak and the feeling right after they speak. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, networking, I have this. I was going to say, now we had this conversation earlier. <laughs> right. People have that same uh, crunchiness around networking to mm -hmm. say, like, how do I do? I, I hear it all the time from my clients. How, how I, I want to network better. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do you know you're not good at it right now? Oh, because, yeah. right. It feels, it feels so, it, it feels terrible, it, this or that. And it's like, oh, well, let's just look at like um, the interaction itself seems to go pretty well. Um, and, and stepping into mm -hmm. your own power, right. Your own process, your own set, your own objectives, right. When you're in a yes. huge networking event, set your objectives to be like, how exactly. many people do you want to talk to? Right. It doesn't yep. have to be the whole freaking room. Um, be intentional. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and then, and then even in a huge crowd of people, you can step into that an introverted sweet spot and you're having a one-on-one, -on -one, which yes. introverts love, yes. right? And then you can step out of that, right? Find your own little transition, find your whatever you need, go hang out at the bar or the buffet or whatever that is, and then go and tackle your next conversation. Or, But you create this, yeah. you got to understand who you are before you can understand how to make it better. Yeah, what I hear you both talking about is something it's funny because I I just mentioned this at a networking group this morning, who the people who were talking, I know them personally and I know that they're extroverts. And so they were talking about right, creating more space and opening our bodies and being because we were talking about what happens at an in-person thing. And I said, and for the introverts in the room, yes, you still want to be open and you still want to be welcoming. You still want to allow other people to come into your conversation. So that means you need to resource yourself in a different way mm -hmm. from our ambivert or extrovert friends. Yes. Because allowing ourselves to know what we need is key to all of these interactions that we're talking mm -hmm. about. Whether we're standing in front of a crowd, whether we're on a video, or whether it's in a you know networking type of event, yeah. right? And, you know, I think what you're saying, Louise, I, I have a lesson or a piece of my coaching about this that's called creating your own measure of success, mm -hmm. which is something I started making my acting coaching clients do when they were going into auditions, because what would happen is 30 to 50 to 100 people auditioning for the same role, only one person gets it. So everybody else doesn't get it. Well, just because you don't get the role, does that mean that your audition was a failure? Does that mean that you are bad at this? No, you just didn't get the part, right? So what we've got to do is create for ourselves a decision matrix about 
how do we know whether something worked or not? Because otherwise, we could potentially throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just throw everything. It didn't work. I'm throwing it out. So I love that you're saying, you know, to your clients, Louise, like, figure out your objective. Is your objective to talk to five people? Is your objective to nail your elevator pitch? Is your objective to just walk in the room because you mm-hmm. almost yep. didn't come that day? Yep. And like you did, you know, 100%, A plus, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then ask immediately following, if, if, you were an actor doing an audition, I would say, okay, you leave the room, you go sit in a corner and you write down like what worked, what didn't work, what I'd like to do differently next time. And then whether or not you get the part, like that's actually out of your control. Other people's experiences and actions are out of your control. So many people think that they're doing social media wrong, right? I'm doing LinkedIn wrong. I'm doing Instagram wrong because people aren't liking and commenting on my stuff. Well, was your goal likes and comments? If your goal was like, if if you're, my objective is to get a hundred comments on this post and you got two, well, then that didn't work. Figure out what went wrong. But mm-hmm. if your goal was to share this piece of content with your audience and you got a hundred people to see it and whatever, figure it out, right? So otherwise you put the onus of control or the locus of control in in the bodies of other people. I can never control whether my audience applauds or stands up after a show or after a speech. I can't control that. But I can control how I show up and how I feel and how I communicate. So that's the work too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, that that last part that you just, you, you just shared a lot of amazing truth bombs with us today. And I think <laughs> that last part of understanding the locus of control, and this can go again for anything in our lives, in our businesses, in our careers, when we start to understand where that is, that's where personal mm-hmm. agency comes from. That's mm-hmm. where we get to choose how we are showing up and what is important to us and how we move forward with that information. Um, the more we focus on external things that are outside of our control, the less empowered we feel and the less empowered we can show up in the world. You know, mm-hmm. we just, we just mm-hmm. give that all away. Yeah. Um, I just looked at the time, 42 <laughs> minutes. There we go. No, it's true. I actually didn't look earlier this time. I looked and I was like, oh, look at that. <laughs> Louise laughs because she's like, you really look every time. I'm like, well, sometimes I fudge it. I didn't fudge it this time. (laughs) Um, That I would love to know, what are our takeaways in particular through the lens of thinking about leaders and rising Mm -hmm. leaders? When we think about those individuals, what are we hoping they're taking away from this conversation so that they can find a little bit more ease with this idea of public speaking? Mm-hmm. Well, I think two things, and one is probably the work you're already doing, which is to know thyself, right? Figure out what your body, your nervous system, your brain, your heart, your goals, that's where the work has to start. It has to start internally. The mistake we make is thinking that pu- the public part of public speaking is the most important thing to focus on. And it's actually not. That comes next. And then the second thing is that idea of structure. I do believe whatever the structure is, whether it's five key points, whether it's this is the 
physical container I have or the length of time I have. I think within structure comes a great amount of creative freedom and inspiration. So if you're not given structure, create it for yourself. And if you're given it, you can use that as a springboard to kind of live fully mm. into it. Love that. Love yeah. that. This idea of how much we give our power away yeah. in all kinds of spaces really resonated with me today in, in, we give our power away when we're on stage, when we're on screen, when we are focused on the audience too much and yeah. not on the other bits, when, when we don't have that balance. I see it all the time in, in folks who um, aren't crafting their own careers and they give their power away to their companies mm -hmm. to say, this is what I'm good at or this is who I am. And when we can really set our own course, our own road trip and define mm -hmm. what success looks like, then that that's the winning combination um, is to really understand, like, like I said this earlier today, eyes in your own lane. Like you don't know what other people's race they're running, what other road trips they're on. Um, <laughs> so in the car, turn up the music, have some fun. <laughs> I love it. Right. Um, but here, here in, yeah. in this lane. Yeah. Yeah. Kim, how about you? So I think for me, it goes back to like putting a big old Sharpie circle highlighter around this idea of resourcing ourselves mm -hmm. and making sure that we understand, right, Adriana, you were talking about know thyself, understand mm -hmm. what our needs are, particularly energetically. It doesn't matter how we define ourselves or how others define us as introverted, ambiverted, extroverted. It really doesn't, right? It, it matters how it feels in our body. And it matters how we care for ourselves with the knowledge and wisdom that comes from within our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And we so often push that to the side. And I love, love, love that you incorporate that in the work that mm -hmm. you're doing with your clients because it is something that so many people miss. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's this idea that right, our energy matters and mm -hmm. how we resource ourselves is key to our success in whatever we're setting ourselves forward into. So yeah. thank you. Big old sharp, Sharpie circle around that. <laughs> um, so Adriana, where can people find you in the world? And do you have anything coming up that you want to make sure that folks know about? The best place is my website, which is claimcenterstage.com. You can go there for free tools if you're interested. There's a couple of things, including what seems most relevant to today's conversation, um, a grounding meditation that you can download and take with you for before any speaking event, even if that's just to one person. And um, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, team trainings, and I have online courses, and that's all on that website. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And the podcast we can find in all yes, the podcasts. Yes. So places. I will be launching a new podcast called The Speaking Academy coming very soon. And that is going to be um, pocket coaching. So short tidbits, tips and tricks and tools. Also some uh, live coaching with folks and conversations with experienced speakers. So kind of wherever you are in your journey, there'll be something to help you out with this speaking thing. Love Fantastic. It. Thank you yeah, so right. much. 
Louise, I'm going to throw you under the bus right now. Do you know what sure we are. have coming up next? Um, well, I'm going to talk first about uh, your kickasscareer.com, and that is where you can find Kim and I. Uh, if you missed us here live, hopefully you're catching us somewhere on the replay, but you can always find us on our YouTube channel. You can find us wherever you listen to your podcast, as well as we've got all kinds of things there at yourkickasscareer.com. Coming up next week, we have our microfeedback class, February 8th. Um, this is Kim and I doing short little tiny tidbits of information to help you make macro movements uh, in your career, your life, uh, whatever, cut and paste, wherever you need it. Uh, next, we're talking about microfeedback. Did right? I say that? Microfeedback. Did you say it? I don't know. I heard your mini class. Okay, go ahead. Is it okay? Can I carry yeah, on? Well, see, this is where we go off script all the time. Go carry on. I love it. Dr. Alexandra McDermott is our guest next yes. week, designing a life of meaning and joy. So tune in there and try. I'm, I said this last time and you were like, what? I'm like, try a different platform. If you're always listening to us on, on in the audio world, catch us on YouTube because like, look at what you miss out on. That's true. Our faces, our faces, all kinds of <laughs> the <things>. gestures. <laughs> so you wouldn't know if you weren't here or seeing us anyway. And um, if you're listening to it, we did not just flip you off with a gesture. Like we did silly things. <laughs> But you'll never know if you don't but try a new platform, will you? You'll never know. Okay. <laughs> try a new platform. Adrian, oh, my gosh. Uh, what, chaos has ensued. <laughs> what a fantastic conversation. Uh, I'm so happy to have met you. I appreciate you and the work that you're doing. And thanks so much for taking the time uh, to have a kick-ass conversation with us. It was absolutely delightful. Thank you so much. Scripted that in her head, by the way. I always am like, I love okay, it. Hey, I loved it. Let's talk again. I enjoyed it. Fantastic. And um, both are good because yes, they, are they are authentically you. <laughs> Absolutely. And we do embrace that 100%. Um, thank you so much for being here. Um, thank you all for listening to us live or catching us on the replay. We look forward to seeing you all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, Bye. for now.